We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Try from the North, Brave and Bold, the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, and we're joined today by producer extraordinaire, Dallas Hammer. Dallas, how's it going? Well, I I can guess how it might be going based off your clothes, but uh, how's Wild Card Weekend looking for you? Uh, Wild Card Weekend is nerve-wracking. I am planning on getting absolutely tanked on Montucky's at right after this podcast, as I am not feeling good about it. Um, I am feeling a little better about Idaho basketball. Not great. Damon Thacker had a really nice moment over the weekend. Uh, well, not weekend earlier in the week. Uh, maybe we'll see a win. Who knows? Are you higher on Jared Goff for Idaho basketball? Oh, that's like asking me which kind of crippling, uh, like, anxiety or crippling depression. Um, I, unfortunately I'm higher on Idaho basketball. Okay. So that That is the tale of the tape. Yeah. And anyway, we're here today for instant reaction to Idaho's back to back close or mostly close losses at Southern Utah. But first ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack, an ultra refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like CW Hogs and Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get ya ass some snacks. Dallas, the, uh, I mean, we already stepped on the lead a little bit. Uh, wasn't Again, we're just not going to have a lot of great weekends for Idaho basketball with this team. Uh, we're, part of the question is, hey, what, what the heck uh, is generalizable from this year to the future? But before we get into to the discussion, Thursday, Idaho at Southern Utah, close game. And really both of these games had a similar uh, track. Of, for the most part, Southern Utah had a lot to lead. Idaho would come back. Southern Utah pull out to another lead. Idaho would keep it close. Southern Utah didn't really pull out in either of these games until Saturday at the very end. Thursday, that back and forth resulted in an Idaho loss, 85-80. Damon Thacker really carried us with a career high of 27 points on 7-17 from the field. Javeri Christmas and Gabe Cornette each chipped in 10. SUU was paced by, no question, future All-Big Sky guard Tevian Jones, also a transfer from Big Ten Illinois. He uh, scored 17 on Thursday. And then just a few minutes ago on Saturday, Idaho lost 83-67 in a game that, for the most part, was closer than the final score. Thacker, again, led Idaho with 16. Freshman Ethan Kilgore had his season high at 10 points. And again, uh, Tavian Jones from Southern Utah, uh, he carried, he's carried the Thunderbirds. He had 30 points today. And like I said, uh, both games were relatively close except today. Uh, Southern Utah really pulled away up the last six minutes of the six minutes of game time or so. But Dallas, throw it to you. Uh, what's your initial takeaway? 
Uh, initial takeaway was Damon Thacker had a great game on Thursday. Um, again, no turnovers, which was really nice to see from him. Uh, and then 27 points is uh, unbelievable. If he could play a little bit more like that every game, we might have a puncher's chance, uh, kind of like Trayvon Allen last year. Uh, if we have a guard that can maybe not dominate a ball game, but at least score more effectively than we seem to do, uh, that would that would be really nice. Um, I I was thinking maybe today's game would go a little bit cleaner. Uh, and obviously we did have a lead for 20 some seconds uh, before as you on that what 12 to two run. And all of a sudden it was a double digit game again and it was over. But uh, the big thing was the turnovers again. That's what I'm, I'm probably going to be a broken record circling back to that every single game. You can't, you can't turn it over twice as many as the other team and expect to, to win games, especially when we are battling with a, a bit of a talent deficit. Uh, that's kind of my takeaway. What about you, Brian? I'm going to piggyback off the turnovers part first, which is like one, we know the, at least we've had a few competitive games. So, you know, we said last week that at this point with this team, we need to be happy if the games are close and there's a little bit of drama. We, we did have that both, both Thursday and Saturday, but you're absolutely right. You know, against NAU, we had 15 turnovers, both Thursday and Saturday game. And against Southern Utah, we had 14 turnovers on Thursday compared to Southern Utah having seven. Our ratio was better on Saturday in that we only had two more turnovers than Southern Utah. The problem was we had 19. And we're just – this is the thing that kills us about turnovers, Dallas, too, other than the fact that, hey, when you turn the ball over, you can't score. A lot of our turnovers are not coming from aggressive plays where mm-hmm. – you know, here's an example. Tanner Christensen – he, ha- he gets a charge call late in the second half where he- he's making a move for a close shot. It-, it was probably like a 50-50 call. Some games that's a block or a no call. Some games it's a charge. Today it's a charge. But you know what? When players are aggressive, you get turnovers. That- that's fine. We're having way too many turnovers 20 feet away from the basket. Or we're having way too many turnovers just working the ball around the horn where we're not even making an aggressive move yet. And that, yeah, dude, that pattern was there. But the thing I- I'm going to pull it off, pull it back to is to me the story is field goal percentage Mm -hmm. and this is the good news bad news of the games that we just had we talked about it last saturday where you know idaho shot off top of my head it was around 70 percent on threes in the second half against nau on that saturday and lost and Mm -hmm. hey that's part of why it's competitive but you you make that closer to the league average like 38 35 38 percent and that game's not really that close we actually saw a little bit of that in the games against Southern Utah Thursday, we shoot 56% from the field and 50% from three and lose by five. Look, we're, we're, we broke 80. So, Hey, congrats. We'll pat ourselves on the back. So good news there. But look, 50, this team shooting 56% from the field, 50% from three. We, you, you have to win that game by 15. Then Saturday, we followed that up, shot 54% from the field. We were shooting 60% from the field with 10 minutes left in the game. We are 25 of 40 and we were losing. At 60% from the field. We finished shooting 54%, only shot 15% from three, but this is this is actually just the example, like I said, about Northern Arizona. You take one of those positive field goal percentages and bring it down, and it, the game isn't really a game. Well, we shot 15% from three, even though we shot 54% from the field, and we lose by double digits. So, I, yeah, I mean, Dallas, I want to – so I don't dominate this too much, man. That's that's really my takeaway. It's good news, bad news. We had a nice shooting game, but we still lost. We, we just have to win those. I, I mean, that, that that is what it is. Um, 
I don't really have anything else to add to that. Um, I could shovel on. Uh, let me see here. I don't remember which tab this was on, so I do apologize for anybody that's watching this or even listening to me. Uh, Southern Utah had ten offensive rebounds. That's that's not that's not great. There was a possession where I think they had four of them, and on one possession, uh, took a couple minutes off the clock as. Shot, miss, shot, miss, shot, miss. And every single time they came up with it. And when you're, I know I keep saying it, but when you are talent deficient compared to the rest of the league, you can't shoot 15% from three. You can't let up this many offensive rebounds. You can't turn the ball over like this. And it, while yes, there are the games where they shoot 50% from three and it's a five, five point game and it's close till the end. There's also games like this where what was at one point a 55-53 lead turns into a game they lost by 16. And it's just it's just going to keep happening until every single thing is perfect and then maybe that's how they get a win when every single thing goes right. And you you're in different words perfectly describing the broad difficulty with this team, which is when we have the talent kind of deficit we have. And we're look we're going to get to some positive takeaways too. So Uh, And there are certainly some positive takeaways from individual performances. We will talk about those in a second. But this Idaho team as it is, like Southern Utah is, they're 9-1. and Their one loss is on a last-second shot against, I believe it was Santa Clara opening game of the season. Mm -hmm. Southern Utah is just pretty good. They are going to contend for the title this year. They actually might just win the title uh, based off if Eastern Washington doesn't get enough games. You have to call Southern Utah the frontrunner. They already have two wins over Montana. But Southern Utah undefeated in, in conference. And if um, yeah, we even we, we essentially have to have everything working out for us, even this game, rebounds were, pro- were a problem in, in the instances you gave. But relative to earlier in the year, we were getting out rebounded by about 10 rebounds a game heading into playing NAU. This week against Southern Utah was really our best consecutive game rebounding performance of the season. Thursday, we get out-rebounded one, 32 to 33. Today, we get out-rebounded by two, 26 to 28. Pair that with a field goal percentage, and we still lose. I mean, that's just what you're talking about is we, at this point, if everything – we're having close to everything clicking already, and we're not coming away with wins. We that, That's that's really the pattern this team's going to have to have right now is we essentially win we, – we essentially have – at this point, we're, we're going to have to shoot real well. We have to rebound real well. And if we can't make, turn the turnovers into something borderline respectable, that we can have everything go well, we're still not going to win. So before, before we circle back to, to a couple, couple positive individual performance, Dallas, I, I think, do you have any difference, in, difference for me there where in, in your takeaway? No, I, I, you couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better myself. You hit every point that I've, I think. Um, and for anybody that's listening to these, you're probably going to hear us say this over and over and over. And I, unfortunately, it's just, it's what's going to happen. Um, so let's, I guess let's try to, to spin this more positive. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you, Brian, what, what do you see that maybe, either is a positive or something maybe we can stretch into a positive. Do you have anything you can think of? There's two. The first one we've hit, hit on a little bit is Damon Thacker, which I actually thought after our first game where Damon Thacker scores 27, we finally look like we have a shot creator. I, my view was, Hey, maybe, maybe this is our offensive template. We, we finally have quit going in. We've quit forcing it into the post and we got a, 
hashtag ask tubs, tubs from Chris. We'll get to in a second. But we'd finally quit kind of forcing into the post. We were we were centering our offense around Damon Thacker creating shots. And I thought, hey, that's maybe this is the template we have. If you know, I didn't see that out of Damon Thacker earlier in the season, but maybe he just didn't have enough free reign to create offensively. Like he's not going to create a ton of assists. He's you know, as a point guard, he's more of a he's more of a shooting guard, just being forced into a point guard's position. But if he's our only shot creator, then hey, put the ball in his hands and try to get him to collapse the defense or get some shots. And that absolutely worked the first game. He actually didn't get that many attempts in the first half. He did uh, later in the second half, but we certainly weren't go- running the offense through him in the second half. So I'd say that was disappointing. But the second is we're seeing Ethan Kilgore had by far his best performance today against Southern Utah. Also, he, he's, he looked a little bit better in the, in some instances against Northern Arizona and on Thursday. And really what I care about, he scored 10 points. I, at, which is fine. He had eight in the first half, two in the second. What I care about more Dallas is in the first few games, Ethan Kilgore was playing. Like I didn't really know what his calling card was going to be as a division one player. And against Southern Utah, I think it became clear. He was starting to put the ball on the, on the floor aggressively. He, he needs to get more comfortable as a catch and shoot player. He needs to get more comfortable ball handling, but Ethan Kilgore offensively was my kind of my big positive takeaway. Him and Tanner Christensen, they're both lo- I understand both those guys as D1 contributors at this point. Yep. Couldn't agree more, especially with Christensen. It was nice to see. Uh, I don't know if it's just comfort uh, that he's, he's been out there a little bit more and more and more recently. I don't know if, if that's contributing for him, but uh, he did have a pretty, pretty decent game out there. Uh, he's not going to be a superstar. I don't think uh, it, I would love to see that. He is a freshman. I'd love to see that kind of development, but uh, it is nice to see some more guys contributing a little bit more and it's not that it's a, a more well-rounded team, but it, it is nice to, to see some of the fresh faces perform a little bit more and, and grow a little bit as the season goes. And, and Dallas, we're, we're closing in on what I think we need to transition to our broad takeaway. Uh, Cause you know, listeners, the point of these is to be pretty quick, you know, 20, uh, 15 ish, 20 minutes ish total. And can you, can you bring up the hashtag asked hubs from Chris and TJ? Because I'm pretty sure I can transition those into what I think our big takeaway is. So the first one we have is uh, Chris Ham asks with the hashtag AskTubs, how lucky were we to even be close Thursday? And then somewhat on the same level, TJ Hopkins asks, what adjustments should Idaho start making to plan for the future seasons, coaching or recruiting? Dallas, I'm just going to answer Chris's real quick because we've actually indirectly answered that already, which is, look, when you shoot 54% from the field, 50% from three, you should win that game by 15. Uh, so how lucky were we to keep it close? I mean, I, I guess at this point where we shot ourselves into keeping the game close, because if we didn't shoot 54% from the field, 50% from three, we're, we get killed that game. Um, and I mean, similar story today. We shot, like I said, 10 minutes left in the game. We're 25 or 40 from the field. You got to be up by 15 that game. Mm-hmm. And our highest lead was one. So, how lucky were we? I mean, really, it just followed our shooting, our field goal percentage at the end. If we're shooting elite field goal percentage, then we're keeping the game close. That gives you better contacts to the team. Dallas has the advanced game log up, which Dallas, you know, we talked about this off screen. The, off, the stats, here's an advanced stat that you can sound like a basketball, like just a fishing auto, and it's the simplest thing in the world to understand. Offensive and defensive rating. Offensive and defensive rating are points – allowed or points scored per 100 possessions or if you divide it by 100 it's points allowed or points scored per possession 
it's the point is to contextualize your offensive performance without factoring in pace. Because if you play a, a slow pace, you can have a low overall score while actually being quite efficient on either end of the floor. And takeaway here, man, Idaho had our best offensive rating of the season at about 112, which is a very good offensive rating. But Southern Utah's offensive rating is 119. 119 is an astoundingly high offensive rating. As context, if a team took the ball down the floor, shot only threes every single possession, and made half their threes, that's an offensive rating of 150. So if you're approaching 120, that that means you're essentially scoring however you want. So there, there you go. That's that was Southern Utah's tail of tape. But for us, Dallas, uh, what are the patterns on? There's a pretty average pattern that I want to ask you about that you're seeing on offensive and defensive rating with that advanced game lock. So what I'm noticing is that at least the offensive rating has gone up for the most part. Uh, there's obviously the the crater against the Pac-12, uh, but the offense is getting better. You can say I, you can see the or hear the confidence in my voice as I say that, uh, and the defensive rating is still poor, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, what I do notice here as we look at this is our closest games. I would probably argue Washington State, the first Southern Utah game, the second Northern Arizona game, the best defensive rating and the the two best offensive ratings we've had. So when we when we are performing a little bit better on one end, we're at least close, but that also does seem to struggle. You know, offensive rating was very good against Southern Utah. Defensively, we were much worse. Uh, that's kind of what I see. I'm going to translate that into, let's say you're a, you're just a casual fan and you're still a little bit stuck on like what these terms rating means against Washington state. Statistically, we had a fantastic defensive effort and still lost against Northern Arizona and Southern Utah, but Northern Arizona Saturday. So Southern Utah, both games. We had our best offensive showings of the season and kept it close, but still lost. So that's, that, that's going to lead me to my transition point to answer TJ's question about what do we do ahead into the future? My question is, you know, we're Dallas, we're trying not to live in the world of like, Hey, let's fire the coach. But like, I have a real question about what the hell Zach Kloss thinks he's doing with this team right now, because this team does not have a ton of wins in it. No question. In fact, our last, Last Division One win came March seventh, twenty twenty against Idaho State. That was second to last game of the Big Sky season. We are, yeah, we're on nine season, on six in the conference. We are not going to finish in the top half of the conference. Like we our top half for us might be finishing tenth. The question I have is, I don't think Zach Klaus is completely playing this team as though he's truly building for the future. And when I say that, I mean. Look, Chance Garvin didn't play these last couple of games because of injury, but he'd been starting for us. And Chance Garvin's a great story. Glad he's on the team. Happy for the guy to get a scholarship. But a, a guy like Chance Garvin, just look, he's not he's not at it. If you're playing a guy like that, you're probably saying like, hey, we're trying to win some games now. Mm-hmm. But he's not contributing to wins. And every minute he plays, a potential impact player like Ethan Kilgore can't be playing. Or every minute he's playing... Uh, Hunter Madden's out, but that's another guard position that Hunter Madden can't be getting in, getting those extra minutes where we can say, yeah, we're truly, we're, we, this year's about the future. Look at all these young guys that we're playing. We're starting to get a little bit of transition in that, in that direction, in that like Tanner Christensen's getting more minutes, but mm-hmm. I still don't. I, I watched this team. I thought we might've had an identity. Like I said, with, we're just going to kind of build around Damon Packer. 
in after what I after the amount of offensive attention he got in the first game, but that kind of went away until later later in this game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the identity of this team is, or I don't know what the identity Zach Claus wants to see out of this team. Not to play devil's advocate, but is there really an identity you could even form if a team is zero and nine, zero and six in conference? Is there even an identity they could form? Uh, because it does, it just kind of seems like they're scrapping to try to get one win and they're throwing guys out on the court to try to do it. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of thought towards the future. And maybe again, I'm not a coach. I could be completely off base here, but I would agree with you, Brian. I, I, I would like to see the younger guys playing and the, some of the more senior guys, it's tough to, to say, you know, Hey, uh, you, thanks for your three, four years here. Uh, take a seat. But, when you're struggling like this and you're looking to rebuild a program, isn't that kind of what you're looking for is for the young guys to start contributing and start growing and show that maybe someday we won't be the cellar dweller. Someday we won't be the laughing stock of big sky men's basketball. Yeah. We're, we're looking at, we're going to have to close the show up pretty quick guys, but we're looking at if we don't pick up some wins now, look at worst case scenario, which might just be the average scenario right now, we would be opening the ICCU arena with nine D1 wins in the last three years and very good chance of zero D1 wins. If look again, if we're, if we're going to shoot at an elite level and still lose games, I, I don't know where we pick up the win, but to put a button on it, the, what I would say is I think the best chance or the best adjustment TJ is what I talked about earlier of kind of center the offense around Damon Thacker for the point of trying to get better looks for it might sound weird to say, hey, centered around a senior to get better looks for the younger guys. But if we if Damon Thacker can create some looks for himself, we're going to get some secondary looks for guys like Ethan Kilgore, for guys like Hunter Madden when he's back, for guys, I mean, Tanner Christensen's starting to get some better looks too. Um, he's also starting to get more minutes as well. But I guess I still can't watch this team and say like, hey, I, I know they're trying to build for the future based off the looks guys are getting based off what they're doing offensively. It still seems like we're trying to straddle between like, yeah, we're going to play young guys, but we're also going to try to, I like, you know, early in the season, we were kind of force feeding Scott Blakeney. Good news is we stopped doing that. But the big thing I think is our offense looked much better uh, on Thursday when Damon Thacker could create. And then that allowed for other guys to get better looks. Good news. Like Gabe Cornette wasn't taking multiple dribbles to take shots today, but yeah. Um, you know, to answer your question, Dallas, and then we'll jump off. Yep. We, it is hard to have an identity when your team's when your team is like this. But I, I can tell you again, like just watching the games, I don't know what Idaho thinks they're doing that's generalizable into next season. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, in our next uh, next games, we have Northern Colorado next week. Hopefully, we get some clarity there. But otherwise, I guess uh, I'm going to close it kind of positive. I, you know, we do appreciate everyone who is a, who is a vandal. We do appreciate guys like Scott Blakeney sticking it out for four years when Blakeney could have easily transferred. Um, and it is is good to see that Damon Thacker, only here for two years, has made um, some what look like developmental steps in the last week that a few weeks ago didn't look like they were on the table. But we're going to close the bar. Dallas, tell everyone how to find you. And we already know what you're doing this, this wild card weekend. Yep. Uh, so you can find me at Hammer Dallas uh, for anybody that uh, is watching and knows how to read. You can see that on the screen there. Uh, I am again, a Rams fan. If anybody is watching, I I'm really just going to bury, 
bury myself in this one. I'm wearing a Cooper Cup jersey right now, so I'm sure I'm not popular with a lot of people right now. But that's what I'm planning on doing this weekend. What about you, Brian? I'm a fiction writer on the weekends, guys. So I'm going to jump off here and get to work because during COVID teaching, there's essentially no time for anything else. But uh, thanks, everyone, for downloading. You can become a patron at patreon.com backslash tubs of the club or make a one-time gift at paypal.me backslash tubs of the club. We're going to call it a day. So now it's time for the best band in all the land to play us out. Sound of Idaho. Go Vandals. Uh-huh.